Welcome to the Revo Podcast. Revo Church is one church in multiple locations with a vision to spark a revolution of life change through Jesus. We hope to accomplish this through our core values of love big, serve hard, live bold, grow deep, and move forward. For more information on our service times and locations, please visit our website at discoverrevo.com. Yo, what's going on, Revo fam? Good to see you. Thanks for crashing a party today. My name's Nathan. I'm one of the pastors here. For everybody joining us online, thanks for tuning in from wherever uh, you are. Uh, let me tell you a story about my, my parents. My parents uh, had very different personalities, um, still do. Raised two boys in the concrete jungle of Columbia, South Carolina. It's a rough life. But uh, we played sports uh, growing up. We played uh, basketball, uh, soccer, baseball, uh, even played a little tennis in high school. And uh, my, my parents, uh, the way they cheered us on uh, was very indicative of the personality that they had. Uh, now, if you ever met my dad, Big Chief, uh, I've never heard Big Chief raise his voice, which is saying a lot based on what my brother and I did, um, but never heard him raise his voice ever. And uh, so he's calm, cool, collected, um, you know, just, just even keel. Mama Klein, though, uh, Mama Klein can get rowdy, especially on the baseball field. Um, when, when we were at the baseball complex, there'd be seven or eight different fields where teams were playing, and uh, it didn't matter what field we were playing on, you could hear Mama Klein. Uh, she was our lead cheerleader, um, just always encouraging my brother and I. Uh, she st- every Sunday morning, I get a text from my mom, and uh, she says, hey, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for everybody that's going to be in the room, in the building, and uh, man, praying that God does something big. So she's cheering you guys on from, from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina right now. Big shout out, mom. Send more money. Um, <laughs> nothing's changed. Come do my laundry. Um, so my mom was a, a, a big cheerleader. It was funny because when we got to, uh, when I got to high school and I started playing tennis, for the high school team, we, we had never played tennis before. My, one of my buddies played tennis, and so I was just like, I'm just going to join the team and uh, made the team. So my mom didn't know anything about tennis, and so she didn't know what to say. Uh, she didn't know how to cheer us on. And um, so she would just say, like, generic stuff to me, like, you know what to do, Nathan. You know what to do. And that's it. Like, <laughs> like, she couldn't tell me. And she would tell me, like, you know, if, if I had a smile on my face, then I knew you were doing well. And uh, so I would be like, good job, Nathan. And then if you look down, then I knew, like, something, you must be losing. Something must not be right, because she just didn't know. And she's like, all right, Nathan, you can do it. Uh, but either way, like, she was a cheerleader. Still to this day is a big cheerleader uh, and a big encourager. Uh, you and I need cheerleaders uh, in our lives. Uh, you need a cheerleader in your marriage. Uh, you need a cheerleader with your family. Parenting is hard. Uh, you need a cheerleader, somebody that's going to be in your corner encouraging you when you're having to make tough life decisions and, um, and you got a lot on your plate. You need somebody there that's going to encourage you. But, but you and I also need a spiritual cheerleader. Uh, the Apostle Paul was a, a spiritual cheerleader for all of the churches that he planted and all of the churches that he wrote letters to, especially um, this church in Colossae. Now, Paul had never even been to this church in Colossae before. Somebody uh, named Ephesus uh, heard a sermon by Paul, gave his life to Jesus, and then came home and planted this church. And so Paul actually finds out about this and writes this church a letter, which is the book of, of Colossae. And, and here in chapter 2, we're just going to keep going if you have your app 
Uh, you can open up the Revo app. All the sermon notes will be there along with the text. But if you have your Bible, let's do Colossians chapter 2. And we're going to see Paul kind of put on a different hat in this chapter. He's going to be the, the lead cheerleader for this church. And, and I want to I give you some, some insights this morning that I see from this text, just the first few verses of Colossians 2. And uh, I want to tell you five ways that you and I can stay encouraged in our faith today. Five ways. All of us need some encouragement uh, in our lives, especially spiritually in this day and age. And so Paul gives us five ways, five reminders, five keys to staying encouraged uh, spiritually in your relationship with God. So if you have your Bible, let's do Colossians chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 1. Here's how Paul begins it. Now I want you to know how hard I'm contending for you how much I am cheering for you, how much I am behind you. Like I'm clapping, I'm cheering, I'm chanting your name. Like I I want you to know I got your back, Uh, church. I'm contending for you and for those at Laodicea, another church in a different city, and for all who have not even met me personally. Remember, Paul had never been here before. It's not like he was buddies with all this crew. Um, He said, man, I'm I'm praying for you even though I've never even met you. Just like my mom has been praying for you guys even though you've never even met her before. You have someone, a cheerleader in your corner, somebody that's pulling for you. And in verse 2 he says, my goal is that they, you and all of these churches, even if you've never met me before, that you would be encouraged in heart, and united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding, in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ. Paul says, man, I, I got your back. I am, I am cheering for you. I want you to know you have someone in your corner. But the first thing that he mentions, if, if you and I want to stay encouraged in, in our faith today and for this church is, is this. If you're taking notes, jot this down. Number one, you got to understand this. If you want to stay encouraged in your relationship with God, remember, faith does not grow in isolation. Faith does not grow in isolation. You will not get closer to God alone. It's not the way that God designed it. Uh, Paul here says, I, I, I don't, like personally, I don't, I've been pastoring for 10 years now. I don't know a single person that is growing in their faith that is not connected to a group of people. Like there, there is no one sitting at home, just themselves, just opening up their Bible, and they're growing and they're thriving in a relationship with Jesus. Like I said, God didn't design it that way. God designed for this to be a faith family, not a faith person. <laughs> The church is a family together. Followers of Jesus are a community. We're a, a faith family. And so he, he, he begins by saying faith does not grow in isolation. Paul, that's one of the reasons why Paul says you've never even met me before, but I want you to know you got a guy that's sitting in prison right now that is cheering you on. You're not alone. Like I know what you're going through. I know what you feel. I know the struggles that you have. I know the things that it, that it means, the, the, the good days and the bad days that followers of Jesus have in the culture that we live in right now. Like, I get that. I know that. And heads up, you got a church down the road from you in Laodicea. They're just like you. And they have the same concerns. They have the same struggles. They have the same fears. They're going through the same stuff in their marriage, with their family, with their finances, with their career, with their decision. Listen, you are not alone. So why does he do this? Why does Paul make this such a big deal? Because he wants to encourage them in their faith. They're obviously at a point where where they're discouraged. So he begins to bring them together with this mindset of faith. Here's something I know about about faith. Uh, Faith increases in a group. 
You ever been around, some people call it peer pressure. Um, you ever been around a group of people, you get around five or six of your friends, and there's one person in the group uh, that has a different opinion. They don't, they don't want to do it. And they'll say, man, I, I don't think that we can do this. I, I don't think that, that we're supposed to. I don't think this is a good idea. Like, I don't even think this is possible. And the other five people in the group uh, want to do it. It is just a matter of time before that one person changes their mind. Like, if they begin to hear the other five people say, no, we can do it, and it's going to be fun, and it's going to be awesome, and we're going to have such a great time, and we're going to make memories together, and what do you mean you can't do it? Like, I believe in you. That begins to be contagious. Like, faith is contagious. And so when you get around people that are moving forward in their relationship with Jesus, their faith begins to rub off on you. But if faith is contagious, you'll never catch it if you're by yourself. And so are you surrounding yourself with people? You want to stay encouraged? Surround yourself with people that are moving forward in their faith. There's no way your faith can grow if you're living in isolation. Here's another aspect. Uh, Your risk increases. Your willingness to take a risk in life increases when you're around a group of people. Uh, Give you a good example. Um, When I am upstairs with my, my daughter, my youngest daughter, and I'll tell her, all the lights will be off downstairs, and she wants something to drink, or she wants something from downstairs. And I'll say, well, Lydia, just go downstairs and get it. And uh, Lydia gets to the top of the stairs, and she looks down the stairs, and there's no lights on in any there. And there's nobody downstairs. And uh, all of a sudden, she's not thirsty anymore. And she will look at me, and she'll say, Dad, I don't, I don't want to go down there. And then she'll look at me, and she'll say, Dad, will you go with me? And if I say, yeah, let's go down together, then you know what she does? She runs down the stairs. All of a sudden, she forgot about all of her fears. All of a sudden, it doesn't, if I'm with somebody, the fears don't seem as bad. The hurdles don't seem as bad. The barriers don't seem as bad. See, when you're in your faith, in your relationship with God, with just you, everything seems overwhelming. Everything seems difficult. Everything seems like a huge mountain to climb. But you'd be amazed what happens and how your faith and your relationship with God grows when you're with other people. So Paul says, remember, your your faith does not grow in isolation. You're not going to get there by yourself. So I want to hit the pause button real quick, and I want to talk to everybody that's joining us in online uh, right now. I'm so glad that you're here. So many people. We do analytics on our website, and we can tell where people are watching from, from all around the country and all around the world. We have people watching from different states. Have, uh, we, we, we've heard some families watching at Brenner's Hospital, Children's Hospital this morning, Wake Forest, Novant, uh, different people around the city that tune in every week. Some people are on vacation. Some people are traveling. Uh, Some people, like if they're sick, they'll watch uh, from home. And so if you're one of those that don't live anywhere near one of our three campuses or or you're in an extenuating situation or circumstance, man, I'm so glad uh, that you're hanging out with us this morning. But let let me talk to the people that are within driving distance of one of our three campuses. Your faith will not grow in isolation. We have so many people that were a part of our church pre-COVID that have not come back yet. And I'll run into them like in the grocery store at a restaurant and they'll say, hey man, we're, we're watching online and that's all. Awesome. And listen, I'm so thankful, so thankful for the team that's working downstairs right now in the production room, making sure we're sh- streaming live and it's on YouTube, on Facebook, all throughout the week, on our website, on the app. So grateful for those people. But listen, if you're local, it's time to come home because your faith will not grow in isolation. 
Something incredible happens when you show up in the room together. Now, I want to ask you guys to be honest. Um, we're in church, so don't be lying, okay? When COVID happened and we all went online, our team would film during the week and we would live stream the services on, on Sunday. We'd just replay them on Sunday. And so I was at home uh, watching them. Let me ask you a question. How many of you, when the, the live stream came on and the worship leader stood up on the stage, Kristen and Grace, how many of you stood up in your living room? Exactly. The same amount of people that are standing up right now. How many of you sung when they started to sing? Okay, I like it. So a few, not me, I did not. I'm gonna be honest, like I cannot lie. I did not sing. Like I don't have a very good voice and I, I, I didn't wanna get bullied by my daughters in my house. I didn't sing. There's a reason why it's called watching online. Because you're just watching. So even for me, like I wasn't participating. When I saw me get up to get ready to deliver the message, first thing that came to my mind was, do I have my zipper zipped up? That was the first thing. Not like, oh God, I can't wait to hear from you. I'm like, do my clothes match? Did I remember the ironies? Is my zipper zipped up right now? Like I wasn't paying it. Like it was so hard just to watch. But listen, when you're in the room, something crazy happens. Because when I start to hear you guys sing, it makes me want to sing. And when I see everybody stand up, I don't know what it is. I don't want to be the one not sitting, standing up, so I stand up. And there's a difference in being in the room and participating and being at home and watching. And I realize, man, I've heard from so many people that, hey, man, thanks for the video, but hey, over COVID, when everything was shutting down, like my spiritual life was, was on pause, I just wasn't growing. I wasn't moving forward. I wasn't making the same amount of progress. And so I'm so thankful for everyone tuning in online. And again, if you're far off and you can't get to one of our campuses, or maybe you watch it during the week, uh, you, you're in church right now and then catch Revo services during the week, hey man, so thankful for you. Let's keep journeying together. But if you're anywhere near this building, you got to get here because God is doing something when people come together. You know what it is? We get encouraged because faith never grows in isolation. But Paul says, man, when you get around people and you begin to worship together and you know you got cheerleaders, other people that are challenging you and encouraging you in your relationship with Jesus, guess what? You'll start taking steps again. And you'll move from being discouraged that God isn't doing anything in your life to being encouraged because we realize we're a part of a larger team. Paul makes that, makes that really clear. If you want to stay encouraged, don't do life alone. Don't do your faith alone. You will never grow in isolation. So remember that. He keeps going in this text. In verse 3, he, say, he says, now, now remember in verse 2, he says, that the source of wisdom and understanding is Jesus. Jesus is the center of it all. Jesus, it's in this person in whom are hidden all of the treasures of wisdom and understanding. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. I tell you this, Paul says, I want you to know that some of you are discouraged in your faith right now. Some of you are lacking encouragement in your relationship with God because you're facing decisions in life and you got faith that you have to work through. And he says one of the problems, one of the situations is, is this, you are listening to all the wrong people. You're listening to all the wrong people. Write this down, number two. Second way to stay encouraged in your faith is this. Don't come to conclusions before you come to the Bible. Don't come to conclusions about your life, about your faith, about your marriage, about your job, about anything in your life. Don't come to conclusions before you come to the Bible. 
Paul says all of the wisdom, all of the understanding, all of the discernment that you need in your life is found in one person, and that is Jesus. You want to know like what the key, what the purpose is, what success looks like, what is obedience, what does faithfulness look like, what do I need to do in every area of my life? All of the wisdom and understanding comes from Jesus. Paul says that's, that's the only place that you need to look. But in our culture and in this culture, it seems like some people were getting sidetracked. Some people were getting distracted. You know this. There are plenty of people that are in person and online, on social media, that are saying very different things about the Bible and about God and about Jesus than you may hear from the scriptures. Man, you, you, don't, want, you don't have to go long. You gotta realize this, man. Like, I, I don't wanna go to TikTok to learn what I need to know about Jesus, okay? Nothing wrong with TikTok. But try to avoid the TikTok preachers, Okay? Because there's a lot of people out there saying, hey, don't worry about what this says. Like, listen, I, I know the keys. I know the right answers. I, why do you believe that? Don't you think what I have to say makes so much more sense? And they got good lighting and good filters. And Paul says, there's some smooth talkers out there that are trying to push you away from what God says. They're trying to push you away from what God says in his word. So these people were making decisions about all areas of their life and about their faith and about what they believed about God because they popped open TikTok instead of popping open their Bible. So Paul says, man, don't be distracted by those people. There's going to be plenty of people that say plenty of different things about God and Jesus and faith and the Bible. He says, but when it comes to us as followers of Jesus, you want to stay encouraged in your life? Go to the book that hasn't changed for thousands of years. Because whatever opinion you can find online about God or Jesus or you or your faith, I can show you another flashy video that says the exact opposite. People are constantly changing their minds. They realize they're wrong and they got to pivot and move to a different direction. This doesn't change. God doesn't change. He doesn't need to. He's not wrong. What are you going to build your life? Man, you want to be discouraged in your life? Follow someone else that doesn't know what they're talking about when it comes to faith. Uh, a group of buddies uh, from, from Revo across all three campuses, we were getting together a couple of months ago for a breakfast, and um, one of the guys from the Walkertown campus chose the location that we were going we to meet at. And so he sent me the name and the address of this restaurant. So I was, we got up one morning, we were going to go. Well, I picked up a buddy of mine, and uh, I said, man, let me plug this into the GPS real quick. And the guy I was riding with said, no, nah, you don't need to worry about it. I know where it is. Uh, I, can, I can take you there. I've been there before. So I was like, you sure? He said, yeah. So we go, and uh, he takes us, sure enough, right there. You go pull up into the restaurant. It's like this mom-and-pop place, like hole-in-the-wall, family-owned Greasy Spoon, like the place that you want to eat breakfast at um, if you want to die by the time you're 50, but that's fine. We'll, <laughs> we'll worry about that later. Um, we walk in. We're about 10 minutes early. So we sit down in a booth, and we're waiting, waiting for these other six guys to get there. 10 minutes passes. They're still not here. 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes later, they're still not here. So I finally decide, oh, I'm going to call them. I'm going to text them. So I call them up. I'm like, hey, man, are you guys, you guys on your way? He said, we're here. I said, oh, where are you? He said, we're sitting in the back corner of the restaurant. I look around. Like, I'm in the back corner of the restaurant. <laughs> like, stand up. Wave your arms. Where, <laughs> where are you? So he said, okay, I'm standing up. And I can hear his voice getting louder, like he's shouting my name over the phone. I was like, you are not in here. Here's what I found out. This particular family owns two restaurants by the same name 
on separate parts of town. And I looked at my buddy that brought us here. I was like, you've lied to us. <laughs> a, for, a former friend of mine. <laughs> I wasted all that morning time. These friends were at this other restaurant where they were supposed to be. They were wasting their time waiting on me. It took me 20 minutes to drive from where I was after already being 30 minutes late. 20 minutes to drive to the new spot. You want to know why? Because I had the answer in my phone, but I decided to listen to somebody else. I had it the whole time. And I wasted so much because I didn't go to the true source. You talk about how discouraging that is, how frustrating that is in life, how frustrated I was at that guy that was like, no, no, no I know where it is, just trust me. I'm like, That's the last time I'm trusting you, bro. I had the address in my phone the whole time directly from the guy that invited me, but I chose not to do it. And that's what happens when we have the answers. We have what God says, you want to have a great marriage, you want to have a great life, maybe you want to walk in purpose, here it is. And we have this and we're like, you know what, I think I'm going to ask somebody else. I think I'm going to go somewhere else. And you wonder why you're so discouraged in your faith. Paul says, before you come to any conclusions about your life, you need to come to the Bible first. That's how you're going to stay encouraged. That's how you're going to fight discouragement from, from going the wrong way and wasting your time and wasting your life only to realize you had the answers the whole time. Stay encouraged. He said, man, don't listen to the smooth talk. Even everything I say, you should go home and say, is this what the Bible says? That's why every Sunday we preach from the Bible, not from the book of Nathan, not from the stories of Nathan. We preach from the Bible because this is all that matters. This is where the answers are. Paul says, man, you want to stay encouraged, make sure you're coming here first. Don't be deceived. Don't go to TikTok. Go to the Bible, okay? He continues in, in, in verse 5. Let me give you another way that, that you're going to be encouraged in your faith. For, for though I am absent from you in the body, like I'm not in the same room with you, I'm present with you in spirit and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. Paul says, I, I know one thing about this church in Corinth. Um, one thing that I've heard is that you are very disciplined in the faith. You're disciplined in your walk with Jesus. It's the third thing that I want you to write down. Uh, resolve always comes before results. Discipline, resolving that you are going to follow Jesus no matter what happens, no matter what comes your way, is a way that you can stay encouraged. They stayed encouraged by saying, no matter what happens, no matter what we hear, no matter what good, bad, or ugly happens in our life, we are going to choose to follow Jesus. We're going to obey Jesus. We're going to build our lives on Jesus. I don't care what anybody else says. I don't care if, if it doesn't happen in the right way that, it, that I wanted it to happen or the timeline or the results. A lot of people get discouraged in their faith because they're not willing to be disciplined for the long haul. Here's what will happen. Um, there'll, there'll be people that for a week or for a month or maybe even for a season of their life, they'll do what God told them to do. And they'll honor God in every area of their life with their time, their talent, and their treasure. And they're showing up on Sunday, and they're loving, and they're serving, and they're encouraging other people. And then, unfortunately, like, they thought some results were going to happen, like God is like a genie in a lamp. And they're like, man, how much longer do I have to rub this lamp? When is it going to happen? I gave $20 in the offering basket last week, and I thought I was going to go home, and there's going to be $40 in my mailbox. What's the deal? Like, I thought that if I was going to do the right thing, then the right thing would happen to me. I mean, look, man, some of y'all, you've been in debt for 10 years. You've got to give God more than a week. I mean, I know he's God, but come on. Here's what happens. It becomes a roller coaster. 
And like we're riding high, we're like, yeah, God, yes, Jesus, everything, you, yes, I'm serving, yes, I'm loving, yes, I'm, and then we stop, and it goes down, we're like, oh man, I'm so discouraged, I can't believe this, it doesn't work, I'm not, and then we get discouraged, and we, we realize we're at a low, we're like, all right, turn over a new leaf, let's go, church, Bible, generosity, giving, loving, serving, and then we're like, man, this doesn't work, my tire went flat, and if I had that $20 I gave Revo last, I'd have $20 to patch this tire, now I don't have it, man, God hates me, this doesn't work, and then it's down, and it's like, oh my, and you get discouraged. The roller coaster discourages you. Some of your spiritual lives are like your diet life. <laughs> oh, man. Um, Elizabeth and I did uh, keto one time. Elizabeth did keto. And, uh, <laughs> and I live with her. I, I prepare all the food. And so I did keto as well. And interesting what happens when you cut the carbs out. Um, you start to feel better. And uh, I think we did it for like three months. And both of us, like when we got on the scale, I didn't need to lose any, but I got on the scale anyway. Uh, when we got on the scale, like after three months, like we, we had lost some weight, right? And you get on there like, whoa, this works. Well, after three months, I decided I need to step up and be the leader of my house that God called me to be. And I was like, we're not doing keto anymore. <laughs> I said, we're getting ready to eat pizza. We're getting ready to make up for lost time. So I bought all the ice cream I've been dreaming about for the last three months and pizza and, and carbs and, and lasagna and lasagna on pizza. Some, something crazy happened. Three weeks of that and I had gained all the weight back that I had lost the prior three months. And then it dawned on me, I was just like, I sacrificed all that for three months? I had dreams about ice cream for three months? I ate salad at a pizza restaurant for three months and I lost that. And it only took me two or three weeks to gain all of it back. And I was like, man, I can't believe I blew that. And I was so discouraged. And that's what happens with your faith. We strive and, and, and we follow Jesus and we see that some results are being produced. Uh, but then like one Sunday, we're like, you know what? I, I think I'm going to skip. And one Sunday turns into two and and I think I'm gonna take a break from the serving. And, and then two Sundays turn into four and a month turns into a season. And then we're at a low point spiritually and we're like, what happened? You started eating carbs again. <laughs> so you got a choice. You can be discouraged if your spiritual life looks like this or you can show some resolve and be disciplined and your life will look like this and you'll be a lot more encouraged. Man, don't put yourself through the spiritual roller coaster. Don't, don't get hot and cold. Like, don't turn it on and then turn it back off. Figure out what it means, Paul says, man, just to choose results. I don't care if the results don't come. Like, it doesn't matter. Faithfulness doesn't lead to a reward. Faithfulness is the reward. And so, like, just stay faithful. Be disciplined. Be resolved that you're going to follow Jesus come hell or high water. It don't matter if you get rich or die trying. It don't matter. What does it look like just to remain faithful, just to have the resolve? That's how you're going to stay encouraged. Not when you're on the roller coaster of faith, but when you make the decision to go low. The, the highs aren't too high and the lows aren't too low. That's how you stay encouraged in your faith. Paul says, man, I love the fact that you guys are so disciplined. I love it. You're not, it's nothing flashy. Like we're not talking to a mega church here. It's just a group of believers that have just been doing what Jesus told them to do for an extended period of time. Congrats. Stay encouraged. That's what he says happens if you'd be willing to be disciplined. Verse six, he's gonna shut it down. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. Continue to live your lives 
in him. Paul says, one day you, you met Jesus, Jesus changed your life. Maybe one day you got baptized. Here's the challenge, though. I want you to continue to live your lives in him. Number four, if you want to stay encouraged in your faith, uh, just keep moving forward. That's all you got to do. Just keep, keep moving forward. Paul says, every day you made a decision. Yesterday, you made a decision to take a step in your relationship with Jesus. And today, you made a decision to take a step in your relationship with Jesus. And tomorrow, can I ask you a favor? Tomorrow, will you just take one step? I'm not asking you to run the whole race. Just take one step. And here's what happens over time when you decide to take one step in your, your journey with Jesus. Eventually, one day, you're going to look back, and you're going to see all the steps you took. And it's going to encourage you. You're not going to win the whole race in one day. Even the Bible tells us that each day, God gives us the mercies that we need for what? For today. God hadn't given you the mercies that you need for tomorrow yet. So don't worry about tomorrow. Just focus on taking a step today. Just one step. Just take it today. And then tomorrow, take another step. Until one day, somebody will look at your life and say, I, I can see that you have continued to live your life for Jesus. And you'll look back one day and you'll see what God has accomplished in your life. And you'll look back and you'll be like, man, I am so glad I'm not the person that I once was. Look at all God has done. Look at what he saved me from. And you'll be encouraged to take the steps that you need to tomorrow. You want to stay encouraged? Paul says, man, just keep moving forward. Just a day at a time. Don't try to tackle the whole thing. Just, just be obedient today. Just Sunday. Just, just take the next step that God has for you today. Last verse. Here's how he shuts this part down. He says, rooted and built up in him strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Overflowing with thankfulness. That's the last one. You want to be encouraged in your faith. Number five, jot it down. Always, always, always be thankful. Always be thankful. Hey, as followers of Jesus, every person here in this room have a lot of reasons to be thankful. I know life is hard. I'm not saying it's not. Life can be disappointing. Some days can feel like you're getting punched in the gut. But even in our darkest times, we can look and identify ways that we can be thankful. God has been so gracious to us. <laughs> Gratitude helps change our perspective. Even when life gets tough, even when faith gets hard, even when you feel like, man, I don't even know if this is worth it. I don't know if I'm making any progress. I'm getting on the spiritual scale and I'm, like, I'm going in the wrong direction. There's always something that if you'd be, be willing to take the time out, just hit the pause button and say, God, there's some things that you've done in my life that I can be thankful for. God's been too good to you. God's been too good to me. All it takes is a little time to stop and think. Always be thankful. No matter what happens, Paul says, when you have an attitude of gratitude, it changes your whole perspective. And you'll stay encouraged even when you realize you still have a mountain to climb. There's still some barriers to overcome in your faith. There's still some dark, tough days ahead. But remind yourself of all you have to be thankful for in Christ. And uh, man, it'll really help you encourage, encourage you to take the next step that you need to take today. I hope that helps, man. I know life's tough. I know it feels like sometimes, man, our faith may feel stagnant and, and you don't know, man, am I doing it right? Or am I doing the right thing? Or does any of this matter? I hope the message from Paul today uh, will help you identify with another church, another group of people that might have been struggling with some of the th same things. And Paul says, man, be encouraged. I got your back. 
uh, I'm, I'm going to be your spiritual cheerleader. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pull for you. And, and just take, take a moment to reflect on these things from the text. And I hope it encourages you in your walk with Jesus today. Can I pray for you? God, thanks for this encouragement uh, to, to know that the things that we face in life, the things that we're facing in our family and in our marriage and finances and our decisions and our careers and even in our journey with you, God, none of this is new to you. It doesn't take you by surprise. And there's truth to be found in this text, God, that if we would turn to you, the wisdom and understanding is ours. You promised us that if we would just look in the right place. God, for those in there in the room and watching online that may find themselves in a discouraging time in their, in their life, uh, in their journey with you, I, God, I pray that just right now your Holy Spirit would kind of breathe some wind into their sail that would energize them a little bit, to bring them some encouragement based on who you are, how much you love us, what you've done for us, all the many things that we have to be thankful for. God, help us to be disciplined and to stay the course, to remember, to trust in you, that you are trustworthy and that we can build a strong foundation of our lives on your promises. Pray and ask those things in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Revo Podcast. We believe everyone has a next step to take in their relationship with Jesus. If you would like more information on what that means for you, or if you have any questions about today's message, please email us at info at discoverrevo.com.